Business is like booming. You have like some really high-end corporate clients. Because a lot of them, they have NDAs. The only pressure that you have is really the pressure you put on yourself to perform, to prove to yourself that you can do things, but you don't have to know how to do things or do things perfectly. It's yes. reductive to just call them floral arrangements. They almost feel like floral sculptures. Floral sculptures. I could finally be like good enough, you know? Oh my gosh, Penny, what? A, you like, know? unfortunately, such a relate. I totally relate. <laughs> to that. What's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of Glad I Asked, where I have the pleasure of exploring the minds of other curious creatives. And we talk about many things, including how they're creating a life they're excited to be living. I'm Sydney Goodman, and today's guest is the lovely Puni Petals. Her floral business has taken off working with both personal clients and corporate clients like Amazon, Summer Fridays, and even luxury clients that are so luxurious that they cannot be named because she had to sign a non-disclosure agreement. We talk about being a creative entrepreneur, putting yourself and your business out there, how she's managed to find huge success so quickly, expanding your business and ideas, and how hard it is making friends as an adult. Enjoy this conversation with Puni Petals. Okay, Puni Petals. Wait, that's so Petals. Cute. Yes. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to Glad I Asked. I'm so glad to be here. I don't know that I told you even the name of the podcast. I was just like, do you want to no, call my podcast? I know what it is. <laughs> I've been watching all your other oh, episodes so and it was so, so awesome that you're doing this. I'm so happy to be on here. Oh, I'm happy to have you. So like I told you, it's funny because we haven't known each other that long. I know, right? But I feel like we really vibe and something that I really oh. admire about you is you just go for it. Like, it feels like you don't think super <laughs> hard about the thing that you're about to do. Not because it's like not well thought out, but it's like, I know I overthink it and don't actually ever get around. I almost talk myself out of doing uh -huh, things. Totally. But it feels like since we've met, I mean, so Puni Petals for people who are listening and maybe haven't seen it, seen your like creative <laughs> work, um, is would you, how would you describe it? Like, like my work? Yeah, I feel like it's very like sculptural. Like it feels almost yes. reductive to just call them floral arrangements. They almost feel like floral sculptures. Floral sculptures. Yes, exactly. I think that's kind of a, it's a great way to say it because I think I've really focused on the form and the shape of it and like the texture and the colors and not so much like the variety of flowers that are in the arrangement because sometimes I, I just don't do a lot of like overstuffing of the flowers. Like I try, sometimes I, I give myself these challenges to not, um, use too many types of flowers and try to restrict myself that way. So I could be more intentional with how the shape is going to look like and the placement of it and think about it that way instead mm -hmm. of, just being like, all right, like, let's put as many types of flowers in there as possible. You know? yeah. 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 Well, I took, so you're, would you, are you a flower artist? How would you describe like, what, <laughs> who, who are you, Puni? I think, okay. I think <laughs> the term for it, or I don't know. I feel like I, I hear people say this often now and it's floral designer. Oh, I like yeah, that. Yeah, but I mean, in the layman's term, I'm a florist. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever, did you ever, like, did you want to be a florist when you grew up? What? No. Where did this come from? But it's like weird, right? Because sometimes 
you life takes you on a journey and then sometimes when you land somewhere however long that phase of your life that chapter of your life is going to be you could always kind of connect these dots back into your your past about like oh my god that's so crazy because it makes so much sense because I used to do this and this and this all the time um I mean my mom really loves nature and all like beautiful small things in life like Mm -hmm. that and I know during the pandemic when because I started doing flowers after the pandemic it wasn't a pandemic hobby or anything either but during the pandemic wait sorry that's absolutely wild so you started after the pandemic is that like 2022 2022 okay so you yeah. started puny petals in 2022 last year last year puny i want uh, like you're sitting across <laughs> too far for me to shake you but i want to like shake crazy? you and just be like dude i know because po- i feel like puny petals so i like very i just found you on the internet uh-huh. which is so funny Jeez. and the way that puny and i actually met was that i ordered florals for mother's day mother's from day you. Uh, this i think this year the campaign was called cool mama cool mama cool and mama. it was so <laughs> chic and it felt like it felt like i was like getting it for a steal if that makes sense because oh. it felt so elevated oh and so God. i ordered these florals from you and then i picked them up from you when we got to talking mm-hmm. you were wearing a, sh- a shirt and we kind of like bonded yes, over it. Yes, we right? did. <laughs> I remember. We, we knew we had like mutuals. Uh huh. And um, just were like, hey, do you want to hang out? Yes. I mean, I love that. You know what I mean? It's just so hard to. I mean, as an adult, it's so hard to make friends sometimes. Oh, it really and, is. And and sometimes you 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 meet you can meet a lot of people and you can kind of like fall into circles of people out just out of like exposure or proximity and stuff but Mm -hmm. to make like intentional friendships that you feel like is valuable to you and and with somebody who you feel like your energy connects and stuff is really it takes a lot of effort I think and it takes a lot of looking like dating you know it's like if dating if you don't gel with everyone and I think that goes the same with friendships too you don't gel with every single person you meet like people Mm -hmm. can be nice and they're great acquaintances and um but finding close deep friendship I think is another level of searching and putting in effort to deepen those relationships and it takes a lot of time yeah yeah so it really does yeah so my point was that I did meet you and I felt like you had good energy I could tell you know sometimes you just like know because the way the way people laugh at what you say or the timing and the cadence of the yeah. conversation and when you laugh or like when they laugh and stuff, it fits. Cause some people like I've had friends um, who like, sometimes I feel like we don't have good conversational cadence where we're always talking over each other all the time yeah, yeah. or things like that. And like things don't flow the way it's supposed to flow. Um, and that's kind of like its own thing, which is fine. Uh, but the thing that really, really like stuck with me was that afterwards, after we first met, you came to my birthday party. Yeah. Well, you invited me to your birthday party. (laughs) Yeah. And it's so funny because like, I have a rule that I got from a friend of mine who Mm -hmm. I actually had on the podcast. His name is Laz. Mm -hmm. And he. 
because I was at some someone's birthday party and yes. I was like, wait, you know him? And he was like, yeah, like we met once, but I have a rule that anytime somebody invites me to their birthday party, I always go. Oh, that's that's really and his nice, thing was like, actually. it's such a like if one, if people care enough to mm-hmm. throw a birthday party, like mm-hmm. that's a certain level of intention around celebrating yourself. Yeah. And the fact that somebody's inviting me to be part of that is really special. Yeah. And when he said that, I was like, oh, I really like that. And every time that I followed that, which has been twice, um, <laughs> I've ended though. up making like really deep friendships. Yeah. Because my, one of my closest friends, her name's Alex. I met mm-hmm. at the gym and uh-huh. we would get ready next to each other. Um, mm-hmm. cause we would go to the gym in the morning. We'd get ready next to each other, like almost every day yeah. for maybe a couple months. We finally said hi to each other. And then she invited me to her birthday. And I remember kind of being like, I don't really know you. But then I went and then we became really close friends. I mean, I think it just means a lot, you know, and I think or at least I was very intentional with who I want to invite because obviously you don't want to just, you know, you want the energy to be right. Totally. Um, And I think I know when I met you, I really liked you. And I was like, oh, my God, maybe like, like, you know, I'm having this party and you can like come through. And and obviously I wasn't like entirely expecting that you would come but I just definitely was just like oh just like put it out there just in case she wants to and then you did come which I was like because I'm that way too Mm -hmm. so I was like oh man she's like so real like I love people who just like show up for you like that even though we've met like literally once like before that but I was just like because I feel because I'm that way all the time too is like sometimes I would just if people so kind of echoing what you said if people go through the effort to invite me to their thing, I try to make sure I make the effort to go and exactly. show up and show face yeah. at least, you well, know? No, exactly. Well, and I think it, there's like a certain vulnerability, at yes. least for me, yes. maybe not for everybody, but I think a lot of people, there's a certain vulnerability in inviting people out Yeah, because yeah. like they can say no and yeah. that, you know, it's hard to it's hard to not take that personally sometimes and be like, Oh my gosh, like everyone yeah. thinks I'm a weirdo. Everybody hates me. Yeah. Um, and there's a certain vulnerability in going to a party of somebody you don't really know either. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I think honestly, I've made so many new friends and met so many people by showing up to random parties that people really? invite me by myself do you get invited to parties often How no do you not, get these not, party invites? not parties <laughs> but it would just be like little hangs and stuff oh, you know yeah. sometimes you would just be like i we have a barbecue you know like yeah. or, or some kind of garden like little get together gathering like, do you want to come yeah you could you should roll through whatever and i would just show up i always show up by myself yeah um And I think it's good practice to, number one, put yourself out there and be vulnerable. It is really spooky because you're at a party that you don't, especially somebody you're not close to and with all their friends. But it's a good exercise to make friends, you know, talk to to people you don't know, strangers. And I think I just love like conversing with people, you know, and just be like, hi who are you like this is me this is what I like what do you like this is what I think what do you think about this and it's just it feels fulfilling to learn things you know about other people and sometimes maybe even about yourself 
Yeah. Well, I think like not to make friendships selfish, but even let's just say there's nothing about the other person, right? You're only pursuing friendships because Mm -hmm. you want to enrich your own life. Yeah. I think exactly what you're saying. It's so fulfilling to have deep connections with people Mm -hmm. or honestly, even I think what I'm learning as I'm getting older, because I'm somebody who's I'm like overly, I'm so intentional and I really like that about myself, but also not everybody's wants to get super deep all the time, which is totally okay. (laughs) Yeah. It's totally okay. But I think when I was a little bit younger, I used to almost be like, okay, well then that means like, we're not a good match to be friends because they like don't want to get deep and I want to get deep. But I guess realizing that there's also a place for like acquaintances yeah, or people that maybe like they're your go out people or you like to do like go to baseball games with them or do like a specific type of activity. Like not everybody needs to be your best friend. Otherwise, you're just like, get out of my life. Yeah. I don't know. And I'm starting to find more comfort in the fact that like relationships come and go and like there's Mm -hmm. different types of relationships and like not everybody needs to be your absolute closest best friend that knows all your deep dark secrets. Yeah. It's really funny because, and only just the past two years have I really let go of this notion where like, I think a lot of people feel this way. So birthday parties, right? Mm -hmm. That's where we kind of linked up. Um, I used to be really, really weirded out by this like world colliding idea of having a birthday party where everyone in my life like the people that I invite what if they don't get along because of exactly what you just said that so many people sometimes fill the roles of different parts of your life like sometimes you have like you're going out friends and you're you're um you're movie buff friends and then your hiking friends and then the like really crazy party friends and then your college friends and all this stuff and you they know different aspects of you Mm -hmm. but what if they don't gel because you're you're your party side, not that I party or anything, but like if you had a crazy party side, like what about your like super artsy friends? Like those things are like polar opposites, but what if they meet and is it like, how are you going to act? Yeah. Um, And I think like recently I really just let go of that and just realize, like really trust that the people who I like and let into my life, um, no matter like who they are and how they are, I think they're all really good people and good yeah. people kind of just generally like vibe and like are okay with each other. And it's all just like a good energy, you know, yeah. like if you trust in yourself that the people that you bring into your life and let into your, well, in this case, your party, like whoever you let into your life like you just have to trust that if you like them, that's enough. The, well, you know what like I mean? They'll like each other or they don't have to. Well, they don't have to be best and friends, And they're adults. Right? You know what I mean? Like yes. they can handle themselves. Like I used to just be so stressed out if I ever hosted a party and stuff. And I would just have no, like it would just not be fun because I'm just, I just want to host and make sure that people are having fun. And like, yeah. are you like, do you need anything? Like is, is the house like you know, this and that. Am I being a bad host? Like, am I, have I talked to anyone? Have I talked to people for too long? Like, like things like that. But you realize that everyone's just a grown adult and they can take care of themselves. You know, like (laughs) you don't have to take care of them. Like if they're at your party, you just give them a little glass of water or whatever, and they'll just like go, you know, 
make go make friends you know what i mean yeah yeah everyone's nice here yeah well okay so the reason we went on this tangent yeah let's reel it back was because i was mentioning that we are recent friends like yeah and so i feel like i i like have entered like i don't have very much context around puni and pooty petals right the puni all i saw with the (laughs) exactly all i saw is like puni petals is super cute very chic and I assume oh. you've been around for a really long time. And, you know, you hear about people who, and this is absolutely another valid avenue to success, but who have maybe been cultivating or working on this thing and then really uh-huh. found their rhythm. And what do they say that it's like, you only kind of see the tip of the iceberg, right? Yeah. Once yeah. people have found like mm-hmm. mainstream success. Yeah. And I just kind of assumed that was the same for you. I don't know. Uh-huh. And then when we were talking, you we were like, I just started Puni Petals last year. So we this project <laughs> came out of you talking about starting Puni Petals and um, kind of finding like how once you get to a place of doing something, I feel like especially for work that is fulfilling or that mm-hmm. you really like doing, yeah. um, you realize, oh, I've maybe been building up to this my whole life or all these random experiences that I've had added up to this. So like, can you take us through maybe like the The random experience? Yeah. In a more recent memory life event was that during the pandemic when people just walking like crazy because nobody can, and so was I, you know, I would just go on walks. And while I walked, I would collect all these flowers and little like leaves and stuff and probably just like took some from people's gardens and make little tiny bouquets of myself for fun just an activity to do while I was walking during the pandemic and it is just so funny that a year or two later I did this I am doing flowers now as my full-time job because back then it was just for fun yeah and it wasn't like suit that intentional either it was just something to do while I was walking of course I really like looking at the flower and they're so pretty and whatnot but and then I would just like pick some and collect them and then put them in little my mom would do this all the time too and so Thank I think you. I got it from her so yeah. you got it from your mom that's Maybe. really sweet yeah Maybe even subconsciously yeah just- right because it's not like something that I notice her doing but there would always be flowers in the house for sure mm-hmm. um and it's never flowers bought like she would kind of just go pick them up around the garden and yeah. all that stuff. Like she would always put these little jasmine in bowls of water and just float them in the bowl. Oh. So the bathroom smells nice and stuff. Oh, so, that sounds, oh my gosh. That yeah, sounds she's, so zen. she's very, she likes the little things, you know, and yeah. I'm a big believer of the little things too in life. It makes for the bigger experiences yeah yeah Mm. okay so you during the pandemic your mom has like an eye and heart for detail (laughs) you during the pandemic you would pick flowers while you were on walks Uh and then what what were you doing for work before okay petals okay so so before the pandemic and during the pandemic, I was working in basically social media marketing, digital marketing for the interior design sector. Mm-hmm. I was working at a startup that was doing kind of like e-commerce, interior design adjacent um, marketplace and also um, interior design counseling, very much like the expert. Um, okay. Yeah. 
where you can like pay per hour and ask these people inter- get, get oh, interior design help. Wait, is it called the expert? No, or no, no. I've it, heard of it, this platform. It's similar to the expert. Okay, got but, it. Um, but the expert is like only for interior design. And this was for a lot of different things, like yeah. whatever, like... Like you can pay like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like 500 bucks and talk to w- the CEO of like Uber for yeah, like an hour. Yeah, okay. yeah. But this is more for like micro influencers, Got micro it. to macro influencer okay. sphere. So like, like we could contact you and have your profile be on the, on the service and you can get paid per hour. People can book you to ask how to start a podcast, like things Got like it. that, okay, you know? Cool. Um, but yeah, so I was doing social media for, for that company for about a year. Um, it was really great. The team was really wonderful. And, um, especially during the tail end of everything, they unfortunately had to shut down. Tail end of everything, meaning the pandemic? The the pandemic and the, um, the company. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tail end of the company. Um, they were really, really gracious about um, them thinking about closing down the company. Mm. Um, and they had told all of us, Hey, like we're thinking that this might be happening. And if you wanted to go out and look for other jobs or like, you know, do other things, focus on other things, um, we would totally be okay with that. Like just, you know, workload is going to be low and slow. So, um, yeah, just like go do that. And so while that was happening, I had just started Puni Pedals mm-hmm. and were they still paying you? They were. Oh. They, that's okay. what I'm saying. They were so nice because yeah. you know like most startups, especially kind when they close, they would just kind of pull the rug from underneath yeah. you and just be like, guys, not you're not coming back to work tomorrow. Yeah. Sorry. This you is know. your last day. Yeah, the yeah. company's done. Um, but no, this was months and months of them being like, we're thinking about it, but we want to be transparent. We haven't decided yet. Wow. Maybe not. Yeah. They were really, 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 really gracious. And so when that was happening, I was like, okay, I started, I was doing Puni pedals for fun on the side. Um, I was, I had a stand up meeting at eight o'clock every day mm-hmm. and I would give myself like $50 a week to maybe go down to the market, um, pick up all these flowers. The flower market. Yes. Okay. Go down to the flower market in downtown LA and get flowers there and drive back up and make it to my 8 a.m. stand-up meeting every mm-hmm. day with at my work. And then I would just build flowers during lunchtime and then send them out and stuff during my my lunch break. You're still working at this startup. They've told you that you they're probably going to close and you're going to be out of a job. Mm-hmm. How long have you been doing Puni? How long has Puni Petals been open at this point? So this was at around the top of March. Of this year? Not last year. Of 2022. 2022. Okay. March, February, March, April, something like that. Okay. So kind of like mm-hmm. winter going into spring of 2022. Yeah, yeah. You're doing Puni Petals enough that you have some orders yes how did you find cut like how okay. were people even placing orders with you when i first started puni pedals i it was one of many 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 creative outlets and phases that i had i'm like such a hobby girl i have like so many phases of things and i'm very 
very nonchalant with my faces. Like I don't feel like people have to have a thing that they is their thing all the time. Like I feel like my things change. Yeah. Um, Wait, sorry. I'm going to derail us again. Yeah, let's derail. I think derail. that's such an important thing. Were yeah. you always like that? Yes. How do I'm you... easily bored, you know? Okay. Yeah. Well, because I feel like, and this is speaking from my like for myself, I think that there's always been some sort of a pressure around me or I don't know where this like thought came from, but it doesn't feel like it's mine. Uh-huh. But where it's like, you have to stick with something. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. if you like, I love painting, mm-hmm. but like I don't paint often, but I'll go through a painting phase and I feel like intense guilt when I'm done with my painting phase. Cause it feels yeah. like, Oh man, like I, I don't stick with anything. Like there's a lot of judgment there. So, That's why you feel guilty is you feel like you don't follow through or stick kind with of, it. Yeah. But it's a hobby. So like, what am right. I sticking through? What am I following like, through Like what's to? the end goal? Yeah. But so you, I guess I'm just trying to understand, like, how do you look at hobbies that you feel like allow you to be so free? Well, I think it's more so like the sole purpose of a hobby, at least in the beginning, right, is to f- make your you feel good, mm-hmm. make you feel like it brings you joy. You know, it's not even about being productive or reaching a goal or anything or improvement even. Sometimes it's just, well, as long as it brings you joy to use this energy and put in this effort in the limited time that you have during the day and the week. And if it serves that purpose, that's enough, Yeah, you know, and if it makes you happy, that's, that's enough for me. And if, if, one day I don't feel like I enjoy it anymore. I don't have to do it. You know, I don't oh have to gosh, do Katie. it anymore. And I can always You're come so back wise. to it. You know You're what I mean? So I can always, it's, it's not going yeah. anywhere, Yeah. you know? And I don't think there's like, there should be any judgment or anything. Cause it's not like, like who cares? You know, like, yeah. I don't know. Like no one's going to be like, oh yeah, Puni used to paint. She doesn't paint anymore. Like why? What's wrong with her? Yeah. Like what's wrong with her? Like, why is she not painting? Like, I don't know, because I don't feel like it. I used to paint too. And we, were we talking should, about it. We, we should, we should paint, paint yeah. together. That would be so fun. Yeah. I got some cool like watercolor crayons when oh I was in God. Japan yes. and they were so fun. They had like a little, you know, art stores, they have the test sheet or mm-hmm. whatever. And I was playing mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. Actually, they had a piece of glass and you were drawing on it. It was Ooh, really cool. Um, but we can, we can we can offline about that. Yeah. We'll definitely have a painting date. Paint night. Um, but okay. So sorry. You have met. Flowers was one of many hobbies. Yes. And I think people don't realize this because people, whenever I talk to people, they were like, oh my God, Pony Petal is so successful. Like blah, 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 blah. This came out of like maybe three or two other failed ventures yeah creative ventures that i tried to do um and it didn't take off can we talk Um, about that yeah because back in like and that would be something that i would feel a little bit guilty about is that when i try to make a venture like have like a like a creative venture that is also could be like a side hustle a Mm -hmm. job that i think is when the the feeling kicks in for me where I'm just like, Oh, like I failed. Like I didn't like stick with it enough Mm -hmm. and like, um, and, or maybe I just don't have it in me or things like that. So like way back in my social media marketing days, like 
what it is, I really love social media. I still do. But when I was in marketing and I was just like an office girly, I was just like, is this it for me? And like the market is so saturated with like marketers and social people already. And I'm just like, is this like it? Like, am I even like good enough at this to like cut through the noise? Like, am I, you know, I would always just feel so lost all the time. And, um, so I would, and my whole family Mm-hmm. is very entrepreneurial. I, oh, cool. I have a whole family of entrepreneurs and and my extended family too. No one has ever worked an office job their entire life. Oh, so, wow. So you were like the first. I was like the first corporate girly. And I used to feel so insecure about it because oh, I was just like, I was just like, because you know, most people have the opposite where they like, yeah. w- they want to go do their own thing. And everyone else in their family is like, why don't you have like a normal nine to five job yes. and like get a promotion and like do that. But they're like, no, but I want to go do this thing. My family, on the other hand, is more like, they're so entrepreneurial. They've never worked for anyone before but themselves. And when I was, and I had a normal, regular, shemangular job, they would just be like, what? Why are you doing that? Yeah, they're like, (laughs) I I think they just, they were supportive, but they weren't, sometimes I don't think they fully understand like how, what a promotion means. Like, like, like they get it, but they're not like, I don't feel like they were as celebratory that, or like PTO or like asking for time off and holidays and stuff because they're like. We never had to ask for time off if we wanted to take time off because we were the owner of the business. Yeah. You know, how in, you're the first person I've ever heard that has that <laughs> problem. Like, in terms of exactly what you said, where usually it's the other way around of like, yeah. you don't have this like super secure nine yeah. to five job. Um, yeah. And I used to just be so insecure about it. So, my whole family has always been super entrepreneurial and like my brother my younger brother he went back to thailand after he graduated and started a social media marketing agency um with that yeah he had a geography degree but um but i was working in social before so i'm gonna take credit for this uh i was working in social before my brother was like i don't know what i'm doing like i don't know what to do i don't like geography i just like picked it as a major and i was like hey why don't you go intern at this agency back in 2016 2017 when Mm -hmm. like social media marketing was really really taking off at the time um i hooked him up with this agency he like went and did it saw what was going on and then he decided to go back to thailand after maybe a year or a little less after graduation once his opt end he wait what's opt opt is like when you're foreign and they give you one year after you graduate from school to find a job that would sponsor you (laughs) Got it. So that you could stay in mm-hmm. the United States. Yeah, and okay, get a work it. visa, basically. Okay. So, so it's like, like the transition phase between a student visa and a yes, work visa. exactly. Or the opportunity to get a work yes. visa. Yeah, okay, so you it. have an F1, which is your student visa. And then after your F1, you get an OPT year mm-hmm. to find a job that would sponsor for your H1B, which is your work visa. Got yeah. it. Okay. So during that OPT year, my brother was like, mm, not feeling it here that much. So I'm just going to go back to Thailand. He went mm-hmm. back to Thailand and started his own social media marketing agency, basically the first of its kind, I feel like, wow. at least in Thailand, because, uh-huh. you know, like 
other places, it was super saturated here to have a social media marketing agency. But in Thailand, it was very new, very fresh. And people were doing social media marketing. They just didn't have a name for it. Mm. So like when my brother came out and was like, this is a social first marketing agency. Like it completely took off, blew up. Now he's like a CEO, founder, employee of 30 people. Wow. Yeah. And he's like, I've always thought that he was like a bag of rocks this entire time. You know what I mean? But now he's like such a businessman. Yeah. Um, Isn't that anyway. so funny? Younger brothers. My brother, not to take us on too hard. Yeah. Oh my God, we're but like going. I know. We're, we're taking off, <laughs> taking flight. Um, no, but my brother got married this weekend, right? Yeah. And kind of the same thing. Not that I was like, mom, my brother's such a weirdo. He's never going to find a girl. But like kind of I'm like, you're a bag of rocks in the yeah. sense of like seeing him. He got in front of the wedding and they said the whole like hey like thank you so much for being here and he was like so eloquent yeah and like such an adult and it was saying he was like this is my wife and i was like oh my gosh my brother has a wife like is he younger or older he's younger he's two and a half years younger my brother's gonna get married too (laughs) like one day or he's engaged no he is engaged to be married as well yeah Yeah, it's super super weird to see that happen because i feel like i just forgot that he's a fully functioning adult right yeah i feel that way too like completely i remember i have some people some some of my friends from home they've worked with my brother a couple times on a Mm -hmm. couple clients projects and i remember them being in a meeting with my brother and then afterwards they called me and they were just like puny your brother is so professional like he is so articulate so straight to the point such a good manager such a good meeting leader it is really insane like i got chills because i just never saw your brother that way like that he was even capable of being this way you know because we're all so used to seeing this other side of like totally this person um that's so funny but yeah Anyway, okay, so your brother is entrepreneurial. Your family's entrepreneurial. <laughs> you had a corporate job. And then yeah. do you think that your family being entrepreneurial was ultimately the reason that you were like, I need to figure out a way to be my own boss? I think so. Okay. And I think it was a big insecurity of mine yeah. for a really long time. That if we really sense. wanted to get real, I think I just wanted to, I just feel like I would never be able to prove myself. And this is probably very false. And they would yeah. love and support me no matter what. And they have always ways been supportive but I was just like this is the only way I can prove myself to them is if I have my own thing because they don't completely get it if I just climb the corporate ladder yeah you know even though they like being in corporate or like in a or working for a company is awesome you know like you can completely disconnect from your job when the job is done um you're getting it's very secure you get paid monthly and that's also a great life as well absolutely but i just remember feeling so so insecure about being like oh man like my my parents would never be fully proud of me if i didn't have my own thing going because they just feel like that's that's like better in like some ways i don't for them which is false again you know what i mean very false and it's just me it's just like insecure it's like being judgmental towards yourself yourself. but it makes sense that you would feel that way if that's what you're surrounded with right Mm -hmm. if you're like oh everyone else is doing everyone in my like close circle is doing this like Mm -hmm. i need to be doing this too to be accepted like like you're saying there's absolutely nothing wrong with having a corporate job but it makes sense in your context that you would 
feel like, oh, I need to go down the same path as everybody else. Oh, so we were talking about my failed ventures. Yes. yes, yes. So like when I was doing all these stuff, I would always try to do these little side hustles mm-hmm. that maybe would just take off and be my, my full-time job. Yeah. Um, and I had, so back when, and I think this was, I don't remember if this was before or after my brother started his agency, but because I was working in social media, um, introduced my brother to it. My brother went and did, started his own agency. I was also like, maybe I can start my own agency. Let me like go try to do this. And um, so I was doing that as my side hustle, but it never really took off um, mm-hmm. in the middle of all that. Or maybe after that, um, I also was doing, I was, I wanted to start eight. Oh, during the pandemic, during the okay. pandemic, I was like, oh, maybe I'll have like a side hustle, pandemic hustle where I do hand sanitizers. This was like at the beginning of it, I saw the oh, opportunity okay, and okay. I was like, oh my gosh, maybe I'll do like cute nice like bespoke scented hand sanitizer that looks like a perfume so it's super cute to carry around like things like that and you know I like did the branding and stuff for for it and like and it just like never I like did a lot of like product samples from manufacturers and stuff and I just never took off. It just never did. Yeah. I never released it. You know, I oh, never, you never released it. I started an Instagram channel, but I never yeah. started selling them or anything. Okay. But we had like um, small, like little samples and product already. I just like wasn't moving forward fast enough with it. And afterward, I just like lost interest. Yeah. And, I was going to ask yeah. that when for both of those ventures, like, when did you decide it's time to move on? I know earlier you said you had a little bit of guilt around it. Totally. But I guess like, well, here, answer that question and then I'll ask my next question. So and like, when did you decide yeah. that it was time you were done with this idea? It's time to put your energy somewhere else. Yeah. And that really played into my insecurity of of my entrepreneurial insecurity that yeah. I had because I was like, oh my gosh, I started all these things, but I never took off. Maybe I'm just supposed to be a corporate girly. Like maybe this is just my life. And I remember that being a narrative for myself for a while where I'm just like, you know what? This is who I am. I'm like a salary girl. Like why would I want to go like do all that stuff? Like everything is so like set and nice. And it is, this is all very true. Living Mm -hmm. in corporate life is very secure and great. And you have insurance and you have time off. Yeah, I know. (laughs) What's that like? How would you know that it was time to move on from the venture, whether it was the marketing agency or the um, hand sanitizer? I'm just, I think I'm just, I'm fickle that way in a way where I'm just like, if it's not really bringing me joy, it didn't feel natural to me, number one. And, And this will, this will parlay into my flower venture, um, is that it didn't feel natural to me. Um, What I didn't like about all my side hustles was that I was working a full-time job um, in marketing and it would be, what, eight hours plus of being on the computer all day. And then afterwards, I have to spend more time on the computer at night after work and on my weekends to get my side hustle off the ground. Like... Mm -hmm that's too much. Like, I don't like being on the computer that much anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I was just like, it just made me feel like 
like I wasn't motivated to go do it. Like I wasn't motivated oh, okay. to be like, okay, my work's done. Now it's time for my side hustle. Like this is like what I'm super passionate about, you know, like. So you didn't feel overly passionate about the side uh, hustle. Uh, I think maybe it came from the wrong place. I think it came mm-hmm. from like insecurity and this anxiety of trying to prove myself and making sure that I just have something that's entrepreneurial. So I could finally be like good enough, you know? Yeah. Um, Oh my gosh, Penny, what, a, you like, know? unfortunately, such a relate, I totally relate <laughs> to that. Holy shit. Oh my God. I have lots of inadequacy, like, yeah, um, big same. you know, anxiety, but so the lifestyle of the ventures wasn't really, didn't come naturally to me. Like mm-hmm. if I was working a marketing job that I didn't exactly feel like I was being fulfilled because of the kind of life that it was giving me, which was just clickety clacking away on my little like silly little laptop doing my silly little job you know it's not silly but um I had to do more of that I just didn't want to so what was different with puni pedals was that it came naturally to me in a way that was fitting with the lifestyle and the life that I wanted to live Mm -hmm. um like when I was working a full-time job, um, even though we had 8 a.m. meetings, I was so motivated to go to the flower market downtown at like 6 o'clock, like 5.30, just so I can make my 8 a.m. meeting. But like I was so motivated every day to go down there because I've always wanted to be a morning person, mm-hmm. you know? Like it like helped me get up in the morning and it was not just getting up to hop on the computer. I was driving somewhere. I was like going to like the warehouses and talking to the vendors and shopping for things. And it was very tactile and it was very visually beautiful. And it was just like an activity. Yeah, You know what I mean? It wasn't more computer time. It was an activity. And I'm such an activity girl. I like realize um, now that I just like to do things. Yeah. Um, and being on the computer is not doing things yeah, for that's me. Not, that's not yeah, I like to move my body, like yeah. not in a sporty way. Like I don't like working out where I really am trying to work out more, but I like to go out to do things. I like to drive somewhere. I like to go like, you know, do stuff with my hands. You know, that's what I finally realized too, was once I started doing puni pedals, I was like, okay, so motivated, um, and was looking forward to waking up early in the morning, going to the market and then coming back and taking my meeting, doing my job and was looking forward to lunch so I can put all the flowers together and then take my break and go outside and deliver them and things like that, mm-hmm. you know, and or take pictures and put it on Instagram and stuff like that. And I just felt like it never got boring to me. It still has yeah. not gotten boring I was to just me, ask. you know, Yeah. Um, that it was because there was just so many things to do. I think it's not, it doesn't feel repetitive um, because the flowers are different all the time and the, you know, the seasons are always changing. Um, the orders are different all the time. Mm-hmm. So, and it's so fast. It's not like when you're working on a huge painting and it would take weeks and weeks to finish sometimes. Yeah. Um, and you have the same like color palette or like maybe the same like, um, you know, in the, the color, the, in your paint palette, you have like the same 12 or 24 or however many paint colors yeah, you have. Done. Yeah. And you're just like, oh man, like, I don't know when I like, I'm bored now or yeah. that's how I am. Sometimes I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I'm bored of my colors. Um, 
but because of like the unpredictability yeah. of the flower market it keeps me on my toes yeah because i don't sure. know when i'm gonna what i'm gonna see when i get there um and for people who don't know because i just realized like i know what the flower market is because i i love flowers <laughs> um, and i've always wanted to go and i told you i'm gonna tag along with you one yes, of these you days should. um but so can you explain just like top level what the flower market is yeah so basically the Southern California flower market or the just downtown LA flower market is the, um, it's an area. I'm going to say this again. Okay. So the flower market is in downtown LA. It's these two huge warehouses in, um, what they call the flower district, mm -hmm. um, where wholesalers sell flowers. Um, there's, so many vendors like hundreds of vendors down there and basically just like all the floor designers and florists and like even like um i'm sure like whole foods or grocery stores and stuff they all buy flowers in bulk from these places okay so you have to buy them in bulk yeah um they'll they're wholesale prices and they're sold in bunches but you could also buy them in box lots so like okay. if you wanted because you can either buy one anthurium or two or you can buy like a hundred if that's what you want yeah yeah how did you was it intimidating sorry oh my gosh now we're, i feel like i'm derailing you so bad was it's it intimidating okay. I love it. trying to figure out like how does the flower market work what is when you were getting into florals or how did yeah. you did you, you even care to figure that stuff out yeah. Honestly, I have no idea how I was so brave to go down there and figure it out because the farm market is super yeah. spooky. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny that you just said brave because like, Poonie, I feel like I'm obsessed with you because I find you so inspiring and brave is like such a good word. Like you just go for it. Honestly, I think I just don't like... Like you don't think about it? I don't think I like think too hard on things. Like, you That's know... That's amazing. Like, I'm an overthinker for sure. Yeah. It usually comes out, like, at nighttime before I, like, I have trouble sleeping a lot because, but I think mostly it's because I'm disorganized and I would overthink but not organize my thoughts or organize my to-do sure. list. And yeah. I would just think about all of it at night and not sleep. But, no, I mean, these things, okay. So the flower market was spooky. The flower market is spooky because it's in a spooky area. Oh, like um, unsafe or it's just like dark a little bit a little like bit of both. downtown la is a little cutty it, like, it can be a little intense lie. yeah and then the during the pandemic i think it got really really bad yeah um because the flower market is right next to skid row oh. and unfortunately there's a lot of homelessness there and a yeah. lot of like really spooky like people going through like mental health episodes and like they're kind of like roaming the streets and like you know, I've gotten like things like thrown at me at That's the car intense, and stuff yeah. like that. And being like a woman just like walking around yeah. there by yourself and there would be like needles, <laughs> like heroin needles and stuff like on the, like some, That's really sometimes intense. it is really yeah. spooky down there. But so you'd go anyways. And, yeah. well, and you were saying you were going before work. So sometimes yeah. sure they'll like, the I was going to say the lights aren't even on. The sun's like not up or it's really yeah. dark. In so. the winter time. That's, yeah. That's sketch, dude. It's super sketch. Um, But you know, I had told myself I was going to go down there and give myself 
a week to go buy flowers because Mm -hmm. before I would just buy flowers from Trader Joe's or Whole Foods and stuff. And I was like, no, I'm going to go to do the real deal because, you know, there's probably more flowers down there. I just want to go see what's like. How different is the pricing between like getting flowers up? Because I feel like Trader Joe's has pretty good prices for flowers compared to other grocery stores. Yeah. Like Trader Joe's prices versus the flower market. They have Trader Joe's has absurdly great prices it's almost like wholesale prices. Oh, wow. Yeah. But I think what people have to understand is that the quality of the flower is very different. The variety of the flower is very different. So you cannot take those prices and apply it to and assume that every flower in the flower market is going to be around that same price. Because I buy orchids that are like $20 a stem, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. And it like you can't really find like, like there's so many varieties of peonies and anthuriums and stuff out there, but you wouldn't be able to find it at Trader Joe's. Totally. And especially the ones that are more beautiful or more rare, they're going to be very, very expensive. What's the most you've ever paid for a stem? <sighs> 24. Okay. Yeah. What's the most expensive stem? you've seen? Like how high did the prices go? I think they can go up to like 30. I remember it was an orchid or something that was like $32 a stem. You know, peonies are very expensive. Anthuriums are very expensive, which is these are flowers that I use quite a bit in my Mm. design. And they go for like $7 a stem. Like anthuriums are $7 a stem. I use five of them i want to like gasp but i have no concept for this how much is like an average stem depends you okay know, it depends it on depends. the type of flower and i'm sure the season and yeah just like kind of all that well well think about it say so if you have a regular bouquet from trader joe's or from the grocery store it's twenty dollars twenty five dollars right okay but if i if anthuriums are seven dollars a stem and I use five of them or even three of them, that that's math like is crazy. Twenty-one dollars. Yeah. For three things when you can get the whole bouquet of just assorted flowers, you know, yeah. cheaper flowers, grocery store flowers for twenty-five. And that's why people get so confused why flower arrangements or some of my flowers are so expensive when you can get you know, you can get a bouquet get for like $25 at the grocery store, yeah. but it's not the same type of flower, is What's it? What's your current pricing for people? Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, you should be excited. I'm proud of you because I'm like, bitch, get that cash. Get and I feel like whenever I order flowers from you, I'm like, Aww. this is money well spent. <laughs> I started at $200 in mm. arrangement because like I said, if you I was going to use, if I was going to make anyone at all to keep my business running and keep a roof over my head I have to be charging that amount because of the flower choices that I use it's just very expensive yeah and I don't pull that number the $200 doesn't just come out of nowhere yeah it's calculated you know so when you first started did you start because I think if I remember correctly, when we last, when we've spoken about this, you said that like you increased your prices at some point, right? Yeah. So when you first started, were your margins just smaller or were you mm-hmm. using less expensive flowers? Yes and no. 
So when I first started, I think it was a true hobby. It wasn't mm -hmm. a, it wasn't a, a venture where I wanted to be entrepreneurial or anything. It was just a, one of the creative pastimes that yeah. I was doing. And so you were going, you mm -hmm. said you give yourself $50 a week. Yes. You'd go down to the flower market well, like once a week or a few times a week? Once or a week, once a few week. times a week, you know, enough to be like $50 is not that much. You know, meaning yeah. like it, it's a yoga class that I missed, you know, like, totally. yeah, like, for something that's like fulfilling you in a different way. Yeah. Um, and then you're making yourself these arrangements. Yeah. And what would you do with them? Like when, like the first week you did it, like what, or first couple weeks, what did you do with your arrangements and how did you start finding people that wanted to purchase arrangements from you? Oh my gosh. Um, so I started an Instagram basically, okay. and I have an Instagram for all of my creative ventures. Like cool. I have an Instagram for, um, I used to have an Instagram for my, like, okay, hold on. During the pandemic, I used to have an Instagram for my cooking. Like I had all this like cooking content that I did over the pandemic because I love cooking and I still do. Yeah. And I was say this makes sense because you <laughs> post cooking stuff every once in a while on your Instagram. I'm like this bitch yeah. can cook. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. It's so fun. You yeah. Know, cooking is so fulfilling. And there's a through line with cooking and um, doing flowers too for me. And maybe this is why um, subconsciously I realized what was working for me and why the other like the my other ventures didn't work out because I think I just like things that obviously goes with the lifestyle that I like you know and on also um the cooking and doing flowers is such instant gratification mm. and in in the day and in this day and age of just short attention span and people wanting instant gratification all the time, me included, I just want something like cooking and making flowers. You make something out of nothing so fast and mm. it's so nice, like meaning it tastes so good and it like fills you up and like the flowers look so good and it smells so nice and you get to touch nice things. And then you just like make something out of nothing so fast. Whereas other things have such a long timeline to finish. Yeah. Songs are so long to write and perfect and, you know, um, taking off like do like making a business like take off and things like that it's like very it takes a really long time yeah but for me I just wanted to do something quick and easy and fast to just get it out the door it seems like this is how I work now that I've like done a bunch of these things yeah um I realized I just like want to get it out there mm -hmm. um well and I think it's easy what I'm really liking about understanding more about your process is it feels like you've gotten really good at like non-judgment Mm -hmm. Because I think that like there's a school of thought that says like, well, it's bad that instant gratification is <laughs> like becoming the thing in our society, mm -hmm. which like, yeah, in some cases, like there's a time and a place for instant gratification. Right. But mm -hmm. I love that you notice that about yourself and you're like, actually, I get the most fulfillment from cooking or from doing flowers yeah. and understanding, hmm, I think I like this because the life cycle of the project is pretty short and then I can move on to the next project yes, and creatively yes. that feels good. Yes. And it just sounds like you're not, you just go with the fact that that feels good to you and it yeah. makes sense to you. And then you follow that. <laughs> I know you're completely yeah. right. It's like whatever feels good. Right. And unfortunately maybe it's just like me and how I am and my personality. I'm like not very patient, yeah. you know, and, um, 
because this is like you said, the life cycle is so short. I could just kind of keep doing it and keep learning. And I think the learning curve becomes very steep and very mm. fast, you know, because then, because you're doing things all the time. And then it's like, and I think I learned at least with flowers, um, I learned really fast because I was doing it so often. Yeah. And, and you said you were doing it yeah. like a few times a week. Yeah. A few times a week. And then what really helped me, and this is a whole nother thing. Oh my goodness. That I'm going to touch on is that, you know, um, the flower community, at least currently that I know of is very, very wholesome and supportive as yeah. well. So like I reached out to a couple of people that I admire on Instagram and asked them a couple questions and what kind of questions were you asking them how do you like having I'm having trouble making my flowers like stand up like yours and then they're like oh because you don't because you put chicken wire in them you know what I mean? Because you know you went yeah. to my workshop one time I did and like go to your workshop. Yeah. And yeah. And like people are so confused that I put chicken wire in there because okay, what people don't know when people arrange flowers for the most part is that you have mechanics inside the vase to help the flower have stay. a structure and a mm -hmm. skeleton and stay up and you build the shape around that or at least that's how I do it. Some people mm -hmm. do it with no wire, but that's a different style. Um but yeah, a lot of people don't know that. And I didn't know that. And I was just like, how do you arrange flowers and make it look like how it looks like the stuff that I like? It, I, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, once I started reaching out to people, and I'm also really good at that too, is I think I'm very good at not being afraid to reach out to people yeah, and ask them things. How do you... Glad I asked, you know, like <laughs> Ooh, kind of vibe. Yeah, like, I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. How do you... Do you have like a strategy on that? Or do you just like text them like you're a friend or something? It's like, hey. Yeah, literally. Like, do you first say like, hey, I've been following you for a while and like, I really like your flowers or do you just get into it? Like, hi, like I'm a fellow florist. I keep it short. I, yeah. Okay. I keep it short for sure. I, I do introduce myself and I say like, I am a fan, love their stuff, you know, just want to know how you do this, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and some people wouldn't answer and some people would, most people would, you yeah. know, if it's not like a crazy ask, like most people would, um, so I've been lucky that way that I feel like I had a couple of people that really like helped me and mentored me when I was really early in my flower journey. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and again, I, it started as a hobby and I wonder maybe that's why it worked because yeah. all my other ventures came from a very insecure place it didn't come from the right place where mm -hmm. I was just doing flowers naturally because I was I liked it I kept doing it and it came from a place that was true to me that was bringing me joy yeah and I could continue on doing it and I wasn't trying to prove anyone anything I was just doing it for my own happiness and I think people could feel that sometimes when you put things out into the world when I started my Instagram the puni petals instagram it was just really that's like my part of the deal 
to document that journey for myself. Because mm-hmm. um, I, again, I love social. I used to work in social. So I start a social channel for everything, all of my ventures. And um, so when I started Puni Petals, it, I was just like, okay, well, whatever I make, no excuses. I'm going to take a picture of it and put it up. Um, okay. So you didn't have, it's, you didn't necessarily go in with like a social strategy. You no. just made a promise to yourself. I'm yeah. going to document this journey. Cause no one's going to see it. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Oh, little did you know. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> but like, if you like scroll down far enough, you'll see my first couple ones are really, really, they're not, they're not cute. Like they're very weird looking. <laughs> like, and you don't even have to scroll okay, down yeah. that far. Cause I just started like last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think my mentality of all of it, and I still operate this way too, is that I understand it's hard and so scary to be vulnerable, but like no one's going to like, no one's paying attention that much, you know, yeah. especially in the beginnings of it. The only pressure that you have is really the pressure you put on yourself to perform, to prove to yourself that you can do things, but you don't have to know how to do things or do things perfectly like right off the bat nobody does and I still feel that way when I do flowers or mess up and or anything like like all the time is that I am still at the beginning of my journey like if I mess up or I do something wrong like I can at least right now I can tell myself that remember that you just started this a year ago you know there are people who've done this for 10 years and um you're still learning and growing like you're a beginner just just luckily you know the internet has been very kind to me and I've gotten a lot of eyes on puni petals but I'm still learning you know and I give myself a lot of grace you know for that too yeah like I can't be peeking right now yeah you know what I mean like it's too soon I like that yeah like framing wait so okay how many followers do you have on Instagram I think now 23.5 which is not even that much you know it is not but your business is like booming you have like some really high-end corporate clients yes um can you name some of them oh my goodness um let me think, because a lot of them they have NDAs. Oh, really? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Oh. Oh like my the gosh. fancy ones, they like have make you write or make you sign an NDA. How interesting. Okay, so you I know, have how cl- weird, right? You have corporate clients that are like important enough that they're making you sign NDAs and you can't see who I they guess. are. That's interesting for flowers. But it would be oh my gosh. This is so funny. No, I know. I was like, that, I like never thought about it too. Cause I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Cause when I signed the NDA, I was like, why, what is this for? Like, yeah. what's, what's the point of this? What, who am I going to say or tell? And then I'm in this situation where I'm like, wait, oh, I would tell Sydney on her Yeah. Podcast. I guess I would talk about <laughs> it on my podcast and I would yeah. get in trouble. Maybe. Oh, am I allowed to say ones that I've seen you post about on yeah, Instagram? Yeah. Yeah. So like, I mean, yeah. one. So they're the ones with the NDA. Oh, oh, wow. And then Summer Friday. Yeah, Summer Friday is a re- big repeat customer. Okay. So um, how did you, Yeah, let's talk about that. Like, so how did you get your first, your first orders were coming from Instagram. Yeah. Did you figure out how people found your Instagram or was it just through the explore page? Oh, and then honestly, yeah. people I, were like, hey, can I order flowers from you? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's, I have no idea how people 
found me in the beginning of it. Were you like tagging, like using hashtags or being like intentional? I was using hashtags. You know, I think, I think here's the thing is like, I'd worked in social media, like, like since I entered the workforce. So, and I think that it, it comes like being on social and building a brand on social comes very naturally to me. Mm-hmm. For a lot of people, it isn't. Yeah. Um, I'm such a creature of the internet that I think I know the basic etiquettes of things. And especially because I've worked with brands and managed brand accounts and stuff like that before, it was very innate to me how to be on social sure um, when it came to puni petals once it did start getting eyes yeah i would use hashtags um and things like that but it's never really one thing that like made it take off i think yeah. because people are like oh do you use hashtags that the like magic sauce that like made it take off like i don't think so i don't think like hashtag is a part of it it can help you get some reach yeah but i don't think it's really it's kind of like an old school way of of doing of social doing media, it, yeah. actually, because like I don't think people use hashtags that much anymore. And the algorithm changes all the time. Before you want to use thirty hashtags. Now I think the algorithm changed, and you now I think best practice is to use only five max hashtags. Something like that. It's like three to five. Yeah. The last yeah. time I looked into it, when before you have like a whole paragraph of yeah. hashtags. So. um yeah. So what would I, you how say? are people finding me? Yeah. Yeah. I think, okay. I think that first is word of mouth. At first is word of mouth. And I was just selling to friends and stuff at first, just to cover costs. Like I would just, so I think what happened was I was putting in $50 for myself to go buy flowers. And when I made these flowers, I didn't know what to do with them. You know, mm-hmm. um, maybe if I had extra, I would make two. And I would just be like, well, I'm putting this up. And if anybody wants this, if you like it, you can buy it. And here's how much I paid for the flowers. And you can just cover the costs. So a lot of friends were just buying. They're like, oh, my God, this is so cute that you're doing this. I'll buy mm-hmm. it off of you. Cute. So like they would do that and like tag me. And I think it's word of mouth. And I think it's probably the Explore page and like a lot of that, too. But once, oh, once I started because before that I was just doing, I was selling on my stories and selling on my post. People would just pick it up. Whoever was following, like the 200, 100 people that was following me who were just most of my, my friends. But once I saw that people were, there was some traction, like people like now strangers are sending mm-hmm. me messages being like, is this one available? Is this one available? Like, where can I buy this? I saw some traction there and very, very quickly I was like, oh. Let me make an intake form. I'll like throw up a website mm-hmm. with the Squarespace template and make an intake form and people can put their order in and see what what people do. And so I did that really quickly. I think in 30 minutes I put up my website and yeah. and I would just direct people to go do that. Mm-hmm. So when people start things, I think that a lot of people think that you have to get all your ducks in a row before you start it. You have to get a graphic designer to do your branding and your logo and like get all the slogans right and whatnot. And you want to get a web designer so they can design your website and has all these things ready for everyone to come in and see it. And you have to have like a brand colors and palettes and Instagram and like all these things. But you don't. In order to start something, you 
if you need 10 ducks in a row, you really actually need two. Mm -hmm. You know, all the ducks can kind of just hang out by the pond. They'll still be there on your to-do list, but you don't need 10 of them in a row to yeah. start. You really just need get two in a row and then go. get a start and then go. And then very, very soon you will realize which is the next duck you should put in the row. Yeah. And you in know? this case, it was your intake form. Yes. Yeah. Like I think my first duck was the $50 that I gave myself to go do flowers and just doing that on my own. Like it all felt came very, very naturally to me. You know, I didn't start off being like, well, if I'm doing flowers, I'm going to have to sell them. And if I sell them, I need a website. And if I'm going to, if I need a website, I need a branding. No, I just started with, I'm just going to do flowers for me. I'm going to give myself $50 and I'm going to go do it. And I'm already doing it. The mm -hmm. next duck was that I started, I had an Instagram channel. So that was a point of entry once I had an Instagram channel, when I had a point of entry, I had eyes on it. And when people had eyes on it, I was just selling it to friends. Like after that, I was like, okay, the next duck was maybe, oh, maybe I can sell this, but to friends and not make profit, you know, just enough to get my money back, the $50 mm -hmm. back. And, and once, you know, and the next duck was people coming to me and be like, hey, can I buy this? And they're not my friends. You know? Yeah. You're like, who are you? Yeah. Yeah. And once I had that, I was like, oh, the next thing is for me to be able to get these orders and streamline it and like not be on the phone all the time is to have an intake form and to have an intake form, I could just make a website really quickly on Squarespace. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, I think that is still all the ducks that I have. Yeah. <laughs> Once I had a website and an intake form, that was it. Like, well, I think that was, I haven't added any more ducks. <laughs> but I feel like it keeps seeing you experiment and I love it. Like, yes. like you said, I went to one of your workshops. I've, I've gone to a few of your <sighs> events, which is like yes, so you exciting. Have. That I love that you're doing these events, but so I you did one. You're so supportive. You're like so <laughs> real. That's what I'm saying. It's like, you just like, I love people who just like show up. Yeah. Like, I'm here for you. And sometimes it is so random. The people that I love and feel the most mm -hmm. passionate about is like, People who are just stand up people, they say they're like, oh, I'll come. And then they come. Yeah. And sometimes it is so random. I have one other friend like that. My friend Adrian Womack, who's just like, I like rarely speak to him. Mm -hmm. But then sometimes if I invite him to things or if I mention something, he'd be like, oh, I'll come. And then he would just he show goes. up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I would be like, what the hell, dude? This is so <laughs> awesome. You're like such a person of your word, yeah. you know? And it feels like you care. Yeah. You know? You're not just like, because there's so many people out in LA who are just like, ah, like it's flaky, oh, yeah. right? And then like not really, yeah. Yeah. No, totally. Yeah. But so you had an event that was, it was like a drawing, a still life event that you collaborated with. What was the? Fig and Oak. Fig and Oak, which is yeah. an uh, interior design. Yeah. Um, there are vintage, vintage pieces. pieces. Beautiful yeah. pieces. I feel bad. I never answered Amazing. her email. Yeah. She sent me, she sent me pricing for some of the stuff and I was like, that's way too expensive. And then I forgot it's to respond. And I was like, Yeah. It was um. very fancy. So it's all like mid-century, like French vintage yes. um, marble, like coffee table and all these like rare chairs and stuff. So yeah, we did. Um, I had reached out to her because I wanted to do something that was very like still life drawing, kind of um, Baroque, uh, like set up with like the like bang with the. What's the word? I always have trouble with this word. 
banquet. Yeah. Banquet. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like a, like I really wanted to do this like still life drawing where I set up like a banquet style kind of like feast flowers, fruits and stuff almost. And people could just come in and draw it. Mm -hmm. So I reached out to them with this idea and they were like, great, let's do it. So they hosted me at this event and you were there. I was. Brandon. Brandon. I had a date night. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. It was so, so kind and sweet of you to come. We had so much fun. We had so much fun. I was really nervous that day, actually. That was one of those first things like that that I did. So I started, um, so this is the next duck, maybe much, much, um, a while after Mm -hmm. I had the intake form and I just kind of like Poonie's pedal started really getting off of its feet. Is off that the ground? The, off the ground, yeah. Po- when Poonie pedals really started to take off, I was just doing that for a while, taking orders, taking in, like doing deliveries. And once I did deliveries, the events started coming. Then the events come. Once the events come, the weddings come. So I was doing that for a really long time. And I really didn't add any like new ducks into my operation mm-hmm. until until that workshop where I was like, okay, I've been doing this now for about a year almost now. What is it that I really now, now it's a brand. What are my personal goals that I want and envision for this Mm. brand that is Puni Petals and where do I I want it to go? And I just, you know, because I didn't start by feeling like by, I didn't start Puni Petals feeling like, oh, I want to be a florist. I want to be Puni Petals the wedding florist. Like, no, it's never been a thing. I was just kind of doing it for fun and it kind of took its own shape. So now that it has, what shape do I want it to be? You Mm -hmm. know, instead of just continuing doing weddings so much that I just become the wedding florist that, which is not a path that I want to go to personally. Um, And I realized, you know, what I love is I would love to expand Puni Puddles into more community-based things, um, do events and start hosting things that are like, maybe not even just flowers and like just flowers incorporated in it. Like doing like workshops. That's not just me teaching like flora arranging, but not, not so on the nose. We can do like a, like an art night where you draw flowers or you draw a table of like floral installations, things like that. So that workshop that you came with Brandon was one of my first experiments of doing and hosting a workshop that was something other than flowers, a flower workshop from a flower girl doing flowers you know yeah yeah um but then you also yeah. did a workshop where you were teaching florals I did. and it was so that fun. was crazy i mean so that's the thing mm-hmm. is like i know that that would sell um that was something so that was my first ever workshop too mm-hmm. that i hosted um with like puni petals branded i picked out um all the vendors that was going to be there i picked out the venue and i sold tickets for it but that was the first ever puni petals hosted floral workshop and I knew that would sell because it's very on the nose it made sense people like my flowers so of course they want to come and make the flowers with me um 
But I think in the future, and we'll have more of that too. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a smashing success. Yeah. I mean, I'm so happy that people were so excited to come. At first, I was like, oh, no one's going to come. Well, like, did I tell you I knew somebody that we went to the first session? I think so. Yeah. 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 Just like a friend who messaged me and saw that I had followed you on Instagram oh, yeah. and like, liked your post. And oh she was like, oh, I'm going to her workshop. Like, did you want, do you want to come with me? Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, I'm going too. But we were on different sessions, oh, but yay. you're permeating the oh, Los gosh. Angeles, um, yeah. like hobby circuit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know that the girls that were in, I know that the girls that went to the workshop, they're also, they're, they're now friends apparently oh, really? like they they like people made friends at that That's workshop really and now they've become friends yeah. which is really the crux of what i would love um for my events to be is this kind of like community building and like you know you're getting to do something creative or you're getting to experience things together with like like-minded people and other like people who just enjoy like beautiful things like music or art or flowers or like just everything in between and I think it probably comes from me being like finding it so hard to make friends yeah you know well it's an adult it's so funny because that's something that we've bonded over yeah is that difficulty and like it's funny hearing your grand plan for this because like (laughs) it's really just for me to make new friends right (laughs) well my so I guess two things. One, this podcast literally came out of the fact that like I have been in a creative rut for like a year mm-hmm. now and I feel so frustrated by it. And I was yeah. like, huh, well, what if I made content by asking people around me who inspire me how they're <laughs> creative? So like kind of same, same. But the other thing is like what my like biggest pipe dream is to like open a tea shop because I'm like a big t- tea girly and have it be like a communal space with like workshops and shit and so it's funny because i'm curious if that comes from the same area as like your want to build a community Uh, yeah no sort of a thing is just like one facilitating people having cool experiences but two facilitating actual community yeah Um, an in-person community not to take away obviously i come from the video game space Uh not to take away from like internet friends because that's absolutely a real thing internet friends yes yeah but i think there's something to be said also about like meeting with people who are in your community And you need that, you know what yeah. I mean? And especially in this country, it's such a individualistic country and it's such a big country that mm-hmm. people are all spread out. You're far away from your family. You're far away from your friends. You're far away from the community that you grew up with and all this stuff. And you need support. You need deep friendships. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And as in a place like LA, everyone's so busy and it's so spread out. It's so hard to have, or I find that it's so hard to have that kind of support for yourself and I think like people need community to survive and live like a fruitful life I think I totally agree yeah you need human connection and like we can all be out here being like yas queening it and like we can all be like individual like independent people but like I also feel like it's also toxic in a way like we we i i I really believe that we should promote this kind of independent bad bitch like i don't give a fuck unbothered i don't need anybody i I think people need people i agree Yeah, yeah you know it like it garners empathy it garners like it's community and it's just i think it's just essential to yeah. like 
build the world with consideration of other people, not just with consideration for yourself. Yeah, no, I get, I completely agree. I think that when you're too independent, it's very easy to be, to fall into just being very self-centered, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And I think it's very celebrated nowadays. I, I think maybe less so now that the hustle, the true hustle culture, a toxic hustle culture of 2016, I think it's, now it's kind of fading yeah 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 um but yeah so <laughs> at what point did you end up leaving your corporate job or did it they was closed it something, they closed and then you just never looked for yeah. another job uh-huh where were you in puny petals like were you making were you panicked like how are you paying your rent you know what good question they <laughs> they they were again they were super super gracious about mm-hmm. it and they had told us months before they closed down and when they closed down they also gave us like i think a month cushion oh wow yeah okay that's great severance yeah yeah so they were very very generous about how it all went down and um i really give them credit for that because i think it really cuz once once they said hey like workload is going to be low um you don't have to be on all the time we get it um we're trying to figure things out internally here um you guys can go do whatever you want. And if that's looking for a new job, we understand. Mm-hmm. So I was taking that time to ramp Puni Petals up because I was like, well, it seems like if this company is going to close down, then maybe I just have to ramp Puni Petals up and see where it goes. Yeah. So when they were going, they, when they were kind of slowly closing down, I was ramping Puni Petals up. Mm-hmm. Um, what did I, that mean? Like, were you making more arrangements? Were you- I think I added a website. Oh, that okay. was the new you added duck, a duck number two. Yeah. yeah, I added a duck. Um, oh, I think maybe that was what really pushed me to add that duck too. Was that the, the well, if I was going to be out of a job in a couple of months, I'll, I'm not gonna. If I'm if I want to see where Puni Petals goes, I have to make profit. I'm not mm-hmm. going to. I have to actually properly sell this like a business if I want to at least have some income. I was just like, okay, well maybe I just sell this as a product now to strangers and not just sell to friends and just make my money back. I think I need to make profit profit. from this. Yeah. Yeah. So I started doing that in response to the fact that, oh, maybe I might not have any income in like a month or two. So let's see if I start selling this, will anyone buy? And people did buy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think maybe the month after the company closed down, my first big event came about the month after mm-hmm. and it was with Amazon. Oh, and they got money. They do. <laughs> <laughs> it was on my birthday, actually. Oh my gosh, what a nice birthday I was present. working on my birthday. Yeah. yeah, last year. It was really fun. Yeah. yeah. So was that like, what was that like though going from a regular paycheck granted it sounds like towards the end of that maybe you were expecting at any moment that you could lose that but let's just say there was some level of security to now okay i'm gonna ramp up puny pedals i have a month cushion from my old job Mm -hmm. and i and then you get this big event yeah like i don't know were you nervous about you seem so i mean i know you you are so grounded and Uh -uh. like at peace with whatever is happening but like did you feel anxious about like, how am I going to pay my bills? Like, when am I going to get the next, like, how did you manage money, I guess, and manage 
the fact that working for yourself means like inconsistent pay. Mm -hmm. I think I just feel very privileged to be able to feel that way because I know how scary things could be when you feel financially unstable. Because I think growing up, you know, I was, you know, me and my brother were very lucky to never really have to worry about those things. Like with mm -hmm. our parents and stuff, they had always been very secure in that sense. Or at least actually as an adult now, I actually realized that there were many times in our lives as children that my parents were very financially not secure and it was very really scary and stressful for them and my mom told me this much much later mm -hmm. um into my adulthood that like oh yeah from when you were from this this year to this year we were really really struggling but I never felt it mm -hmm. I never felt that way I just thought that we were fine the entire time and they had protected us from that kind of scarcity mindset of that like insecure in instability that I mm -hmm. think I have this foundation that I will always be okay wow. you know what I mean I know it's, it's it's but it's a very privileged place to be totally and it's really weird because yeah like I wasn't like I had a ton of savings or anything I had some savings but I was just like you know what like 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 <laughs> I it this sounds so like it doesn't have any substance but I think I just have this like innate feeling that things are gonna be okay yeah no I mean that's a real <laughs> that is a real answer to that maybe this is just I'm always very optimistic yeah. you know like overly sometimes yeah. like I I don't know if it's like the Buddhist in me or something because yeah. I grew up Buddhist I I just I just kind of embrace change yeah, <laughs> I just feel like it's not healthy. scary. <laughs> you know, it's natural and yeah. normal. Like and it's, it's the only constant thing in life. Yeah. And I always see the silver lining of everything completely failing in my American life here. That if everything fails here and I run out of money, I can't find a job. I just get to go back to Thailand. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not a bad thing. Like, and I miss it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know? and that's what I was saying when I was like, you have to come back because like, we didn't even get to talk about <laughs> Thailand and like growing up there and what brought you here. Oh my God. So that'll be round two of the Cooneyverse. <laughs> but the last thing I wanted to ask about was that you recently did a fundraiser with Courage Bagels, yes. which for people listening, not in the LA area, Courage Bagels is like the bagel shop in Silver Lake. Um, they're probably, if you're from the East coast, they probably are the only edible bagels in LA to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> they have a great reputation, but so I guess my two questions, I know I said one more question, but well, it's like an AB question. Yeah. Okay. So how did you, how did that collab like come about with Courage Bagels? Oh my God. Like any other collab that I ever did in my life, I just reached out to them. Yeah. Were you just like, Hey, like I have this idea. Yeah. Can I do this? <laughs> Literally. <with> you? <laughs> Literally. Honey, you're so cool. Yeah. But I do that to everyone and yeah. everything. And some people don't answer. Like I've, I've, I've reached out to some ceramic person who shall not be named. <laughs> but I love their stuff. And I remember just being like, oh my God, I love your stuff. Like would love to, you know, maybe we can do like a collab or something, partner, like exclusive vase, mm -hmm. puny petals and X, you know, you, yeah. um, would that be fun? And then they're like, 
yeah, if the style matches, which is a no. <laughs> yeah, like they're like, yeah, if our styles uh, like align, maybe, yeah, yeah like something like that. And then I was like, oh, so that's a no. Yeah. And then because I was like, but it is true. I think it was a very sound answer because like their design is more like this rustic cowboy westerny vases mm. look. And mine is more like bright and poppy and colorful and like sculptural and weird and whimsical. And yeah. it's definitely two different vibes. But I just really like their work so much that I was like, maybe we could do a collab. Just like, you yeah. know, but then the energy wasn't aligning. So my point was that if you reach out and put yourself out there, there will be people who say no. Like people see the collabs that work out for me and is like out in the world. Mm -hmm. But there are also so many of like outreach and no answers. Yeah. 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 But so many and people don't see it because it, you know, but it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. You know, the energies don't align and, you know, we want different things. So when I reached out to Courage, I was just like basically saying the same thing hey, like, I would love it if I could sell flowers. Like, have you ever done a flower pop-up before? I would love to do hand-tied bouquets, like, in front of your store or in, in front of your shop. Um, you know, what do you think about it? Mm -hmm. I, I always keep it short, you know? Yeah. And then there's like, oh, my God, yeah, that's so fun. Like, what, what date do you want to do it? You know? And then I was like, yeah, I you know, we can do Labor Day weekend, you know, let's see how it works. And then, you know, and then I, I can like donate all the funds to Maui as well. Um, Cause I was doing like, I was trying to find a way to do fundraisers cool. for Maui. Yeah. yeah. And they were just like, okay, yeah, whatever. Just like come do it. They were so easy to work with. The One of the nicest, easiest people to work with yeah like they said yes to everything I asked for except for I did ask like what if we do like buy a flower or make a donation to Maui and then you get to skip the courage bagel line Ooh, <laughs> and they then they were no. like they were like we actually tried to do that one time for another pop-up and people were really 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 upset because for anybody who doesn't know the courage bagel line is like an infamous. hour and a half long <laughs> It is infamous. It's, so, not, it's more like 30, 35 minutes, yeah. but it is quite a wait for bagel. So I was just like, what if we do a skip the line pass, like fast pass if you like donate, you know? Mm -hmm. But they were like, no, it's going to like make people so, so angry. Yeah. People <laughs> people just very serious about their courage bagel. Yeah. Not messing yeah. around. Yeah. You did merch for the first time and it went super, super yeah, well. That's it was a duck. so cute. Yeah. That's a duck for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's thank you. Yeah. How did you go you. about like deciding that it was time to do merch? And yeah. then did you do the design? Where'd you find somebody to make oh it for God, you? Like, dude, this is so funny because this is going to wrap everything up in a nice bow because it there is a through line in yeah. everything that we spoke about. But the merch is the true, like is the epitome of like what I mean by just putting things out there and not thinking too hard and see if it sticks and not needing your ducks to all be in a row yeah. because e-com and merch and all these things are, is a whole nother line of ducks that you mm -hmm. need to get in a row. Do you need graphic designers? Do you need manufacturers? And when you manufacture it, do you want, you know, cause I made a tote and at first I had this grand plan where I was like, okay, I'm talking to 
I'm like talking to a bunch of graphic designers. Like, hey, can you do this? And you do this. How much are your rates? Okay. And then I'm talking to like bag designers and be like, I want a bag to be like this and this and this. I like had all these things planned out, but I was just like moving so slowly with it Mm -hmm. that ultimately when push came to shove and I really wanted a merch out for this event that I'm doing, Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm just going to do my logo, make it really big and slap it on to like a blank tote with no pockets. Like, cause at first I wanted a tote that has like an inside pocket and outside pocket and a zipper and a little place to like hold your water bottle and Cute. your phone and all these things and yeah. a little tag on the side and like multicolor, the straps are different colors, all this stuff that I designed, but it takes time and it takes a lot of capital to create custom things. And you need to buy like thousands of them. It's like high to volume. Make, yeah. To mm-hmm. make sure that it, that you're not paying a crazy amount. And I was just like, I don't know if I, I, I'm ready to put all this out there right now because that's a lot. So what I ended up doing for this past weekend was that I just slapped my logo that I already had that was very, very simple, like a simple flower, white flower with a middle, like a yellow middle. Mm-hmm. I just slapped it on there and put my little, um, like a, my little puny petals lettering at the bottom, printed it on a blank orange tote. And I at Where'd first you I, print it? downtown LA print. I just search. Go. I just search printing press LA on Google, mm-hmm. and I just click the one that is easiest for me, that is like closest and looks reliable. And I just sent it out to them and be like, "Hey, can you print this?" Um, they had an orange tote, and at first I wanted a tote that was the exact Pantone of like my orange and my on my website. But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put this out there. I printed 20. It was absurdly expensive to print. It was mm-hmm. like, it ended up being $20 per tote. To, and which to is print? To print. Oh. Because it was <laughs> small even. batch. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, it was small batch. And, you know, you have to buy like 100 plus for it to even like lower the just cost of Buy bullets. like $2. Yeah. Like 50 cents. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Like, so... I only ended up printing 20 and I paid quite a bit of money for it, but I was just like, you know what? This is just investment. And this is a test. Like a prototype. Yeah. A proof of concept. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I felt like it was very rudimentary. It was a very, very simple bag. And I was just like, I'm just going to give this out for free to whoever comes to pick up the flowers Mm -hmm. in my event. And I put some of them out and people were like, this is such a cute bag. And people who didn't order flowers would buy totes. Cute. And it's a blank tote with no pockets. I thought they were super cute. Thank you. But I was like, but what I'm saying is that I just feel so lucky that like, like, I guess it goes to prove the point that you don't have to have all your ducks in a row. Mm -hmm. You just have to have one or two and just get it out there, you know? And like, at least like if it works, it works. If it doesn't work, then you know, and then you're not like so deep in the hole. Or if it doesn't work, at least you know what to improve and how to pivot quickly instead of you spending so much time and money and energy into something that you don't even know if it's going to work yet. And now that all of my 20 toads sold out, basically I... Now I can be like, okay, great. Well, now I know that people like this design. 
this very simple design even on a blank tote and the next iteration of this the totes will have pockets and whatever all the stuff that I yeah thought like I wanted before and I could really invest in it because this this pattern sold so fast yeah. so like it's a proof of concept for the design at the most basic level of it mm-hmm. and I was like okay well now to now now I know that people will buy some merch or if I put out merch, people will buy it. Yeah. You know, it like gave me a little bit more confidence. Well, and to go back to like what you were saying about the like not waiting for all the ducks, it's I mean, there's a world where, you know, it wasn't the exact tote with the pockets and the colors that you wanted it to be. And so you said, I'm not going to do it. Like, it's yeah. not perfect. Like, it's yeah. not what I want. Like, I'm just not going to yeah. do it. And then you would have missed the confidence boost that you're talking about, the proof of concept, like so many extra pieces that are going to help make this next iteration like so much better. And you wouldn't have had that progress without it. And I saved so much money. And you You saved so much money. Yeah, Like meaning like, cause I, at first I was like, I need to hire a graphic designer and pay them like a couple thousand dollars to design this like cool new tote. But like, honestly, it's the same thing as like before, when people talk to me, they're like, okay, how do I start? Like, I need to find a web designer to like make my website. And I'm just like, no, just use a Squarespace free template yeah. and like see if people come and you realize that people don't need much. They don't care. They, they don't, don't care, care if you paid like 50 bucks for your template or if yeah. your logo was designed by a graphic designer. Yeah. I feel like that has been such a eye-opening thing, I guess, is you just like, cause like I'm pretty proficient with Photoshop and Illustrator mm-hmm. And I remember when I first went on my own and I was like trying to pump myself up for my YouTube channel. I was like, I'm going to like hire a graphic designer. And it was so expensive. Yeah. And he like, granted, like they were good designs, but he like sent it to me and I looked at them and I was like, wait, this is it. I could have done this. (laughs) Like I have these ideas. You just make it and decide that it's like, like it's a graphic design. Yeah. And it's like exactly what you're saying. I feel like we tend to overcomplicate these things where I feel like it's not just like more cost effective but it's also i feel like maybe soul fulfilling to just like give it a go and put it out there because like where is it coming from really like Mm -hmm. it might it might be coming from like fear and in another like roundabout way it's a way for you to tell yourself not to do it you know not to do not to start not to start yeah not to start and we can end with this is that i saw I read somewhere and it must be on TikTok because nowadays when people say I read somewhere, it's always on TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> like, did you actually read it or did you see it on a TikTok? Is that it was like this like quote and it's so cheesy, but it really spoke to me. It was like, it could either be one day or it could be day one. Yes. <laughs> and it's so true. Well, I think that there, I listened to a podcast that like expands on that thought. It's called like the... I don't know what it's called, but basically that like from going from zero to one is like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to even try and say it. I don't remember, but basically it's really hard to start things. Yeah. It's like the TLDR of it. Yeah. And that it's like, it doesn't have to be perfect. Like don't put too much pressure on it. Mm -hmm. Just start. Yeah. See if you like it. I like to think of everything as like an experiment. Yeah. Um, And that's something that like, I don't, maybe it just coincided with like when Brandon and I started dating, but when we first started dating Mm -hmm. and you know, when you get into a relationship with somebody, like somebody's used to doing things this way or somebody's used to doing things this way. And you're kind of ebbing and flowing to figure out how to coexist in Uh each other's lives together. Uh 
Um, and we always kind of just framed it as like, well, like let's try it this one time that way. And like, Mm -hmm. we'll experiment. And then if it doesn't work, then you know, it didn't work and we'll just try a different thing. Like have like grace, you know what I mean? With like yourself and each other and like things like that, like people make mistakes and it's just as important to know what you don't like as it is to know what you like. You know, oh, and being able to communicate and articulate it and things like that. Like when I first started this and I'm still working on this, like very much so is how to be a creative director because mm-hmm. I've never worked with once I, because when I was looking for graphic designers and web designers and I've had worked with graphic designers before, what I realized was I'm paying so much for people to design something for me that I cannot it doesn't seem like I'm articulating properly. So what the, what the work that they give me, I don't necessarily think like it's, I like it. It's like not what you were envisioning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know, then you're paying so much money for something that you're not even exactly what you wanted in the first place. Yeah. You know, so like being a creative director is also like, like something that I'm trying to be a little better at working with other creatives to align on a vision it's really hard but you just have to learn and do it and iterate you know but also just give yourself some space to make mistakes and like say like if I put this toad out and nobody bought it then you know people aren't into totes yeah then I know that maybe this is not the design then maybe I can go find something else yeah you know it's it's okay yeah I love that (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. Pooney. Oh, thank you so much. We are absolutely going to have you back for another, another entrance into the Pooneyverse. Oh my gosh. Uh, where we can talk more about, I mean, you fucking like immigrated to the United States. Like I have, I want to understand like that experience so bad. Um, and oh I don't doubt God. that the next time we talk, you'll have more ducks in your row. That's going to um, be like another whole conversation. Yeah. Like we need to set aside like three hours Perfect. to do this because when we talk, we, we so, talk, we, really we talk. like just really go on <laughs> tangents after tangents yeah. and never come back. Well, what's so funny about this is we're going to go get coffee or whatever and yeah. we're going to go on more tangents. I know. Um, but where can people find you? You can find me on puni.pedals on Instagram. And that's basically the only place that you can find me. <laughs> Perfect. And then your um, website is linked in the bio. Yes. If people want to buy some of her beautiful arrangements. Yes. And Great. some flowers. Thanks so much, Poonie. Of course. Thanks, Sydney. Perfect. Yay. Yay. <laughs>